Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shechebar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shechebar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health, and happiness. May his grandparents also enjoy much nachat from him as well as all their grandchildren and may they only share in semachot for the entire family. Amen. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Rachel Man. Ruach Hashem tanihenu began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Abraham ben Esther and Hakam Baruch Rafael ben Miriam. Ruach Hashem Tanihem began Eden. Amen. We begin today on Daf Kuf Yud Zayin Amud Bet, and we will start five lines from the bottom at the Mishnah. And the Mishnah says, Mazgu lo kos shilishi. So now they would pour the third cup on the Lela Seder. Mevarech al mezono. So on that cup he makes Birkat Amazon. The third cup would be Koshil Birkat Amazon. And the fourth cup, Gomer Halab et Halel. He finishes the Halel. He finishes it because he started it before the Sa'udah on the second cup. And therefore, he finishes the Halel on the fourth cup. And then after he finishes the Halel, he says a special blessing, which the Gemara will define what it is, but the Mishnah calls it the blessing of the song, Birkat Ashir. The Mishnah concludes, Between these cups, the way that Ashbam says, between the cups means between the first and second, and the third and fourth, which means between um, uh, cup number uh, two and cup number three, so it would be permissible to drink. If you want to drink uh, optional cups, it is permissible. However, between the third and fourth cup, one should not drink. Now we will read the Rajbam inside. And the Rajbam is three, four, five, six, seven lines from the bottom. Matnitin, Birkatashir, Begimara Bifaresh. The Gimara will explain what this is Birkatashir. Bena Kosotalalu between the cups, Ben Shnai Marishonim, Lishnai Maharonim. Between the first two and the second two, Imratsal Shtot Yishte. If he wants to drink, he can drink optional cups. But between three and four, he should not drink. Why shouldn't he drink between three and four? So he doesn't become drunk. Because he's not going to be able to say halel if he drinks between three and four. I'll get drunk. So what do you mean? He's probably drunk already because he drank already the first two cups plus he drank during the meal. So if you're worried about drunkenness, he's probably drunk already. The wine that you drink during the meal, which is accompanied with food and eating, does not cause drunkenness. But after the meal, it does cause drunkenness. For that matter, the Rajbam says that the wine before the meal also doesn't cause drunkenness. And for that matter, you can actually drink between one and two as well. The Mishnah really is only restricting between cup number three and four. So it comes out of Kotirajban. You could drink between one and two. You could drink between two and three. You just can't drink between three and four. Comes the Gemara. Amar le Rav Hanan le Rav. Rav Hanan told Rav Ashmaq Mina, 
we could learn from the Mishnah, Birkat Abazon Te'una Kos. That when you make Birkat Abazon, you should make it over a Kos. How do you learn that from our Mishnah? Because the Mishnah says, Mazgulo Kos Shalishim Bevarech Al Mezono. That you pour the third cup and you make Birkat Abazon. And the reason why the Mishnah is saying this, that the Gemara is saying this, because in Gemara Berachot, they were searching for a source. How do you know you have to make Birkat Abazon Ala Kos? And really the Gemara Berachot concluded that they learned it from an inference of what was stated in a Gemara. So therefore the Gemara is saying now, well, if you're only learning it from an inference, so you can infer it as well from this Mishnah. That what? That the Katmazun needs a cause. So comes the Gemara and says, Amale Arba The rabbis established four kosot, you should drink it in a in a manner of freedom, like a ben horin. Kolhad vehad na'abid ben mitzvah. So once they established four kosot, everybody was a takana. You got to drink four cups. Zechid, uh, uh, the fact that we came out of Mislaim, as we said from Dirushami, the four Lishanot of Geula. Once already they established four cups, they established it at different points of the Gada that we're doing mitzvot. For example, we're doing Kiddush, we put a cup over there, we're reading the Gada, put a course over there. We're reading Birkat Amazon, put a course over there. We're saying the Halil, put a course over there. But you cannot prove from our Mishnah that it's a Hayyuv all year long to make Birkat Amazon a la course. Lel Pesach, we have an obligation to drink four kosot. So they happen to put them at parts that are um, mitzvot in general, like Birkat Amazon. But that doesn't teach us that all year it is indeed a an obligation. So the Gemara concludes, you cannot bring a proof. It was just put it at the Bazon because they wanted to put it at spots that at least are uh, noteworthy during the Seder, that Birkat Amazon would be noteworthy. But it's a deen in the four kosot. It's not a deen in the Birkat Amazon. So we said the fourth cup, you finish the Halel over it, and you say what's called Birkat Tashir. So comes the Gemara and says, My Birkat Tashir. What is this Birkat Tashir? The blessing of the song. Is the berakah that we generally say after we recite the full halal, and it ends with the berakah Baruch Atah Hashem Melech Meulal Batishpachot. So according to the Yudah's version, he's saying that you have to end the halal with a berakah. The Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Rabbi Yohanan says Nishmat Kol Chai. He says actually you recite the Nishmat like we say on Shabbatot and Yamim Tovim. The entire Nishmat all the way until after Yishtabah, and then after Yishtabah, you make the Beracha. Baruch Hashem, Melech Gadol Mulal, Batishbachot. So it comes out here, we have a Mahlok between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Hanan. Well, actually, if we look at the Rajbam, he says it's not a Mahloket. Look at the Rajbam, and the Amud Rishon. He says, you also say Nishmat. Which means when it says Birkat Tashir, according to Rabbi Yohanan, it means even Nishmat. The Rajbam explains, the Ilu Yahalelucha, Anu Omrim Bechol Yom, Shomri Borta Alel. Yahalelucha is no Hedush. Of course you have to say Yahalelucha. Every time you say Alel, you say Yahalelucha. I don't need a special Mishnah. Every time you say Yahalelucha, Umaishin Alel Pesach, then Akat. And why would you come to illustrate it on their Pesach? It must be coming to include another Beracha. And the Gemara says that the Alakha is going to be like Rabbi Yohanan, meaning regarding both these Berachot. And therefore it comes out, according to the Rajbam, you actually say both Berachot. You would say, Yahalelucha. With a hatima, and you would also say nishmat with a hatima. That's the opinion of Rashbam. So he's prosecting Rabbi Yohanan, and he ordered Rabbi Yohanan to make both berachot. We go to the Tosafot, the second Tosafot of the Daf Rabbi Yohanan. Towards the end there, it quotes the Shitav Rabbeinu Hayim Kohen. He says, Lo ayah hotem bi 
he would not say Yalenuka with a Hatima Kiim bin Nishmat Lebado. He would only conclude with Nishmat. Mishum de Nishnad de Birkatashir Mashma Hada Beracha. Because the Gemara, the Benu Haim Akon makes a diuk. Because it says, Bechotmim be Birkatashir. Birkatashir is Mashma one Beracha. So therefore he says you only would do. The Beracha of Nishmat. So it comes out we have a Mahloket between the Rashbam and the Tosafot exactly how to conclude the Halil with how many Berachot. That is a famous question asked by the Rishonim that our Gemara discusses solely the Beracha Acharona of the Halil. However, why don't we make a Beracha Rishona on the Halil of the Seder? After all, we are com- completing the Halil. It is Halil Gamur. So, some want to say that since we have the Halil split up, meaning we have the first part of the Halil uh, before the Saudah, then we have the Saudah interrupting, and then we have the rest of the Halil, so therefore we do not uh, say a Beracha Rishona. Furthermore, they say that there's a difference between reading the Halil as a Kiri'ah, as a reading of the Halil, or as what we do on Leil Pesah, which we be called Lashir, a Shira. It's more of a song. And that's the way the um, Rabbeinu David brings down from Rabbeinu Tzemach Gaon. And since this is more of a Shira, so therefore it does not warrant a Berachari Shona. It should be pointed out that uh, some of the poskim do say that when one makes the Beracha, of the Halil in synagogue on the night of Pesach, because we do say Halil Gamur. So when you make the Berachav, the Gmurt Halil, one should have in mind for the Halil that is also going to say at the time of the Seder. Comes the Gemaran, continues, Tanu Rabbanan, Revi'i Gomer Alav et Halil. On the fourth cup, one completes the Halil, the Omer Halil Agadol. And he also would say a special Halil that's called the Great Halil. We will see what this Halil is in a minute. And why is it called Halil Gadol? This is the opinion of Rabbi Tarfon. Now again, the simple understanding of Rabbi Tarfon's statement is that on the fourth cup, you do two things. You say the regular Halil, which is the Halil of... Uh, which we started with, and then you would continue Lolanu, uh, etc. And then he says, you also say the Alela Gadol over the fourth cup. But it should be pointed out that the reef over here has an interesting girsa, uh, and he says that Rabbi Tarfon is coming to say that there's a fifth cup. That over the fifth cup you would say, Halel Agadol. And actually the, the Ran writes in his commentary that it's a mitzvah in a muvhar to drink five cups on Leil Pesach. And on the fifth cup you would say, Halel Agadol. So it comes out we have another mahluk over here amongst the Shonim. How many kosot are you supposed to have on Leil Pesach? Is either four or five cups. Uh, the Rosh, however, argues Al-Minhag is not to drink uh, five cups, but to drink four cups. In any event, the Gemara continues, And some say, That also we recite, Which is, That that is recited as well over the fourth course. Now, just to uh, review the halakha, how we uh, recite the fourth cup. We, after Birkat Amazon, we pour the fourth cup, we conclude the halal. After we conclude the halal, we say as well, halal hagadol, which we'll see what that is now. And then we do recite the nishmat, and we do not make a hatima on the nishmat. Which means we get to Yishtabah, we get towards the end without a Hatima on the Nishmat, and then we recite the Halilucha, and over the Halilucha we do conclude it with a Beracha, then we drink the, drink the fourth cup. So we only make one Beracha 
That is the Beracha of Yalucha. Although we do recite the Nishmat. Now the Gemara says, Where does this Halela Gadol, this great Halel begin? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Mehodu Ad Naharot Babel. From the chapter that starts off, Hudu Hashem Kitov, Ki Le'olam Hasto, until the next chapter, which would be Al Naharot Babel, which is actually Tehillim chapter 136. Now that chapter over there has 26 Pesukim, those are all the Hodus, there's 26 Hodus, um, actually Kili Olam Hastos, and we say the entire chapter till chapter 137, which would be Al Narod Babel. Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Rabbi Yohanan says, Mishira Ma'alot Ad Al Narod Babel. He actually says you start from a few chapters before, from Shira Ma'alot, which would be chapter 134. So you read from 134 uh, through 136. So according to this opinion of Rabbi Habar Yaakov, you would start from Tehillim chapter 135, that would be Pasuk 4, and you would go uh, through that chapter, starting from the words Ki Yaakov and then you would go all the way through chapter 136. So different opinions, exactly how much do we read of the Halil Gadol. Why is that chapter called Alela Gadol? Amar Yohanan, Yohanan said, Shakadol Baruchu Yosheb Biru Moshe Olam. Because Bore Olam sits and dwells in the highest levels in the universe. And he distributes food to every creature. The end of that Alel says, Noten Lechem Lechol Basar. That God gives sustenance to all mankind. Ki Olam Hazdob. So therefore, uh, since that is a great thing, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu sustains the entire creation, so they call that chapter Halel HaGadol, for the great thing that is mentioned in there, about the sustenance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu of the world. Amar Yoshua ben Nevi, hodu me. These 26 Hodus, these 26 lines in this Hallel, who do they correspond to? Why 26? It is corresponding to 26 generations of humanity from when Borei Olam created the world, before the Torah was given, and until the Torah was given, but Olam sustained the entire world with mercy. Once the Torah was given already, the zikhut of the Torah, we earned or we deserve, let's say, Parnassah. However, the first 26 generations, there was no Torah. And therefore, this Halel, which is 26 lines, which corresponds to the Gematria of the Shem Hashem Yudke Vavke, which is the name of mercy, represents the mercy that God had for 26 generations, that he sustained the world even though we had no Torah. Now, how are these 26 generations? So you had from Adam Arishon until Noah, that's 10. From Noah to Abraham, that's another 10, so that's 20. Then you have 6. You have um, from Abraham until Moshe. You have Yitzhak, Yaakov, Levi, Kehat, Amram and Moshe. So from Adam and Yishon to Moshe Rabbeinu is 26 generations. So it's called, so that's why you have those 26 lines in that Halil. Amar said, My Dikhtiv, what does it mean when it says in the Pasuk? Hodu Hashem Kitov. Which literally means give thanks to God for He is good. So the Gemara gives a derasha. Hodu Hashem, give thanks to God. Shegove Chobatoshil Adam. Betobato, God, um, He uh, collects a person's debt from his sins from his material fortunes, which means 
if a person has a sin, Bore Olam will not come after the person first. For example, the Gemara says, Ashir Beshoro. If he's a rich man, God takes his ox. Vetani Beseyo. A pauper, he'll take his lamb. Yatom Bebetzato. An orphan, he'll take his egg. Almana Betanigolta. And a widow, he'll take her hen. The point is that Borei Olam doesn't come after the person first, but he takes his assets away from him. That would be his kapara, so he spares his life. So that's what it means. It's, the chapter is saying we have to give thanks to God because he is good. Because he takes away the uh, goodness of a person in lieu of imposing a physical punishment. Uh, maybe with this we can explain by Dora Mabul, where Borei Olam went after the people. How come they didn't take their assets first? Because there, the Torah tells us, Ki aris Hamas. The land was filled with thievery, and therefore it wasn't theirs. And since they didn't own their property, so Borei Olam had no choice but to go after the people uh, first, because their property was stolen. Comes the Gemara and continues. Amar Yohanan, Kashin mezonotav shel adam keflaim ki yoleda. For a person to, uh, or for God to provide a man's sustenance, it's twice as difficult as the suffering of a woman in childbirth. The ibu biyoleda ketiv by a lady giving birth. It says in the Torah beetsev. Right, the pasuk says, "Be'etzev tildi banim," which means uh, you will suffer when bearing children. However, regarding panasa, it says, "Be'esabon tochelena kol yemerayecha." Be'esabon is a plural language. Now, what does this mean that the panasa is harder than a lady giving birth? So, the mefarshim explained that when a lady gives birth, it's a it's a temporary situation, the labor pains, and then she has a permanent enjoyment in her child. However, panasa is a constant struggle. It never ends. A person always has to struggle and work for his panasa. And there's not always a gain. Providing for a man's sustenance is even more difficult than the redemption. The ilu begeula ketiv regarding the redemption or redemption it says hamalach agoeloti mikola. So this was referring to Yaakov Abinu. He said the angel who redeems me from all evil malach be'alma, which means for redemption it suffices the use of an angel. The ilu bimzonot ketiv. But regarding making panasa, Yaakov says ha Elohim haroe oti. God who has shepherded me, shepherded me, which means the God that provided me my panasa, which means an angel can make a geula, but God Himself has to provide the panasa. And God does it, God provides it Himself. When God told Adam Rishon, when he cursed him after you ate from the tree, so thorns and thistles will sprout for you, and you shall eat from the grass of the field. So Adam's eyes started to flow with tears. He said in front of Borei Olam, Me and my donkey are going to eat from the same trough, because the pasuk says that he's going to eat from the grass of the land. So he was all upset, Adam, and he says, But me and my donkey are going to have the same menu, we're going to eat from the same food. Once God told him, By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat bread. His mind was relieved. Now why should Adam and Rishon be so upset if he's eating grass? Like the food of a donkey. So the Mepharshim explained it because he was worried that maybe the nature of the donkey will now become his nature since they're eating the same food. And he didn't want to have that brazen 
or base nature of an animal. When Borei Olam then told him that no, you will eat bread, and we know that bread brings intelligence, so therefore he was relieved. How fortunate we would have been if we would have remained in the original state, which means if we would have been able to sustain ourselves just by eating grass, we would have been maybe better off, because it's very easy, we don't have to toil for we would have been uh, sustained in an effortless manner. But nevertheless, we have not been entirely expelled from it. Which means, we still do eat greens of the field. We do still have, let's say, vegetables and herbs. So therefore there is somewhat to say that the first thing that Boya Olam said, that we're going to have the grass, still applies today. And therefore there is some food that we can eat today without great effort. Amar Rav Shizbi Mishamed Rabbi Lazar bin Azariah Kashin mizunotav shaladam kikriyat yamsuf It is difficult to provide a man's sustenance as the splitting of the sea. Why? Dikhtiv noten nechem nekol bazar in that chapter, it says that God provides sustenance for all uh, mankind. Next to it, it says, It talks about slitting the sea of reeds into parts. So the Gavarad says from that juxtaposition, we see that Panasa is as difficult as Kiryat Yamsuf. Now, what does that mean? So the Al Sheikh explains that just like the Jewish people at Kiryat Yamsuf, it was difficult for God, not in the sense that anything is difficult from God, but from our standpoint, because we didn't deserve it. As the Gemara says, that the Jewish people coming out of Mislaim, halalu of the halalu of the The Jewish people were also on a very low spiritual level. And therefore, really, we didn't deserve the splitting of the sea. So God had to do a tremendous chesed to split the sea for us. Even though we didn't deserve it. The same thing is when it comes to Panasa. Most people don't deserve a Panasa. Borei Olam has to go against his judgment, his Midat din and overpower it with Midat Rachamim, and give us something even though we don't deserve it. So that would be the connection between Panasa and Kiryat Yamsuf. Amar shel Adam Yamsuf. Literally, if a person is constipated, it's as difficult as the day of death. And when one relieves, uh, and to relieve it is as difficult as the splitting of the sea. As the Pasuk says, literally means that which is closed will be quick to open. And the end of the Pasuk says over there, and I quote it, Velo yamut la shahar, and he will not, um, he will not die in the pit. Uchtiv batre, and then it says, Roga ayam vayihemu galav. Ayam Hashem who split the sea and its waves raged. So therefore, from the fact that you see that uh, it talks about uh, the. Mihar uh, so'eh, they're learning as if the word so'eh is like the word so'ah, that if a person uh, has uh, so'ah, which is constipated, uh, and it doesn't come out, so it is as if like it's death, and it's difficult as the splitting of the sea. Ve'amad, Rav Sheshat, Mishum, Nabil, Ghazab, Nazariah, Kodem, Bazet, Mu'adot, Anybody that degrades the Mu'adot, this is specifically referring to Hola Mu'ed, it's as if he worships idols. The Pasuk says you're not allowed to make for yourself molten images for gods. The next Pasuk says, You have to keep the Hagamatsot. So you see the connection between. Avodazara and Cholamoid. Now the Mefarshim explain over here, actually the Rishonim, that they say, now what are we referring to over here? The Rajbam says, this is referring to somebody that works on Cholamoid and is not careful in the different melachot that are forbidden. The Rambam says that this is talking about also somebody who does not 
have oneg on chola mored, meaning he does not eat special meals or drink, and therefore the Gemara puts a very strict punishment. If somebody does not respect the Cholam Mu'ed, it's tantamount to Abu Dazara. Ve'amar Rav Sheshat, Mishum Rabbi Lazar Ben Rav Sheshat taught in the name of Rabbi Lazar Ben Alzariah, Kola Misapela Shonara. Anybody that speaks derogatorily of another person, they call him a kabela shonara. For that matter, anybody that accepts derogatory uh, speech uh, from somebody else. Anyone who bears false witness about his friend, this person deserves to be thrown to the dogs after he dies. Because the Pasuk says when guarding a piece of meat that is terefa, what do you do when you throw it to the dogs? And right after that Pasuk says, You should not accept a vain report. That's referring to accept it. And we can also read it. Lotasi means do not cause a vain report to be accepted, which means do not speak a report. So Lotisa, don't accept. Lotasi, don't speak it. And therefore, you see over here the Gemara juxtaposes these two Pesukim to teach us that a person is worthy to be thrown to the dogs. Now, the question is what's the connection? So the Me'idi explains over here that after he dies, he's worthy to be thrown to the dogs, because and this person over here is not acting like a human being that has a special gift of speech, but he's actually, actually acting like an animal. And the Maharsha explains in Makot, because when the Jewish people came out of Egypt, it says, that even the dog was able to control his bark. However, they're not able to control their tongue, so he's even worse than a dog. The Kliyakar in Bereshit says that anybody that speaks Lashonara is similar to a person that, or dog that is barking. So therefore he deserves to be thrown to the dogs. It should be pointed out that while Al-Gemara's text says, Lotisa and then Lotasi. The Rajbam says you can learn both in a short from Lotisa. Lotisa can also mean do not accept. That's on the listener. And Lotisa can also mean do not carry. Mean do not be the carrier of one that is passing the Shonara. So he does not have the text of Lotasi. He says you can learn everything from Lotisa. <coughs> Comes the Gemara and says, Vechi me'achar di'ika halel gadol. Now that you're telling me that we say Hallelagadol meaning on the night of Pesach Anan Amdinan Hai. So why do we have to say the other Hallel? Which means why do we have to say the Hallel of Besit Yisabim Islam, etc.? We're saying Hallel Ray, we're saying Hallel Gadol. What do you need both? Mishum because the standard Hallel has five very important matters. Yisiyat Mislam talks about the Exodus, Kriyat Yamsuk, the splitting of the sea, Matan Torah, giving of the Torah, Tayyat the resurrection of the dead, the Hadlosh al Mashiach, and the different travails that are going to prelude the coming of the Mashiach. And the Gemara explains Yisiyat Mislam, where is it mentioned in Khtib? Besit Yisrael Mislam. Ukriyad Yamsuf, how do you know it talks about the splitting of the sea? Dikhtib. Hayam Ra'a Vayanos. says the sea saw and fled. Matan Torah. Dikhtib. Ya'arim Nakedu Khedim. By Matan Torah, it says the mountains were dancing like rams on the day that the Torah was given. And this is actually referring to also what the Gemara says in a different place that the mountains were dancing in order to. <coughs> so to speak, beseech from God that He will give the Torah on them. The resurrection of the dead, the Pasuk says, I will walk in front of God in the land of the living. How do we know it talks about the coming of the Mashiach and the problems that are going to be before that? Which means we tell Borei Olam that do not do it for our sake, but do it for your sake. Ve'amar Abiyuhanah, what is this referring to? This is referring to the subjugation of Israel by foreign kings, which means we're asking God for mercy 
that we should be redeemed from Shiabud Malchuyot. This is referring to the war of Gog and Magog, which is going to precede the final redemption. The reason why we say the standard on this is because it contains a reference to the escape of the Neshamot of the Tzaddikim from Gehinam Shene'emar Anna Hashem Maleta Nafshi as the Pasuk says, please Hashem, save my soul. We say this because there's a reference in there to when Abraham Abinu was uh, thrown down into the fiery furnace by Nimrod and was saved. How do we know that it's referring to when the tzaddikim were thrown into the furnace? Because it says, Lolanu Hashem, Lolanu. It says in the Pazuk, not for our sake, Hashem, but for your sake. Amar Hananiah. Hananiah explained. ten kavod. So actually, I, I, I go back. This is referring to the episode of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah when Nebuchadnezzar threw them into the fire. So this, these Peskim of it have reference to that situation. How? And I start again. Plural. When they went down into the fire, it says, Lolanu Hashem, Lolanu. Not for our sake, do it Hashem, but do it for your sake, save us. So Hananiah said, that was actually said by Hananiah. In order that we can give honor to your name. Amar Mishael, that's what Mishael said. Al Hastecha, Be'al Amitecha, Amar. Amar Azariah, Al Hastecha, Be'al Amitecha. Which means Azariah then said that do it for your uh, kindness and for your truth. Which means when this story of is when Hananiah Mishael Azariah did not want to bow down to the Avodah Zarah. Of Nebuchadnezzar, he bound them and threw them into a fiery furnace. And uh, the Gemara is going to tell us how they were saved. But each one made a special prayer, which is alluded to in the Salah before they were thrown down. Why should the Goyim say, Where is their God? They all said that. So that's referring to when they went down to the fire, they all made their last prayer. How do you know it refers when they came out of the fire? That all the nations. Praise God. Amar Hananya. That's what Hananya said. Shabbu Kolaumim. That all the states pray him. Amar Mishael. That's what Mishael said. Ki Gavara Lenu Chazdo. Because God's kindness overwhelmed us. Amar Azariah. The Emet Hashem Leolam Aleluya. And the truth of God is eternal. Amru Kulan. And some say actually the last part of that pasuk of the truth of God is eternal was said by the angel Gabriel that went down to actually save the tzaddikim. continues that when Nimrod Casted Avram Abinu into the fiery furnace. Amar Gabriel of Negos Baruchu. So Gabriel came in front of Boreh Olam. Rebbe Rosh Olam. Ered ve'atsanen ve'atsilat atzadik mekevshan ha'esh. With your permission, let me go down and cool off the fires to save Avram Abinu from the fiery furnace. Amar Lord Kadosh Baruchu. Ani yachid be'olami. God says, I am unique in this world. Ve'hu yachid be'olamo. And he is unique in his world. Na'el yachid la'atsilat ha'yachid. It's befitting for the unique one to save the unique one, which means God Himself went down to save Avraham Abinu. God does not hold withhold reward from any creature, even Malachim. You'll be privileged 
to save three of Abraham's descendants. And what was that? That was when the Malak Gabriel was dispatched to go save Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah from the fiery furnace. And the Gemara says, Darash Rabbi Shimon Ashidonim. We have a Darashah. Besha'ash Epid Nebuchadnezzar Arashah Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah to Chifshanaish. When the wicked Nebuchadnezzar casted Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah in the fiery furnace, Ahmad Yurkamo Sarabarad Nefnekadosh Baruch Hu. Yurkamo, which is the angel in charge of the hail. The Barad, he stood in front of God. Amal Barad, Rebono Shalom, Ered, Batsadin, the Kavshan, Batsidat, the Kimalan, the Kavshanaish. Let me go down and cool off the fire to save these Sadikim from the Kavshanaish, from the fiery furnace. Amal Gabriel, so Gabriel tells Jurkamo, and Givurato Shalakos Baruchu Bekach. The power of Borei Olam does not manifest itself fully in that manner. Because after all, you're in charge of the hail. Everybody knows that water extinguishes fire. Therefore, it would be not be such a miracle if water extinguishes the fire. I am the ministering angel of the fire. Let me go down and I will cool the furnace from the inside in order to save the tzaddikim the akdiyah mebachutz and I'll burn it from the outside in order to burn those people that through hananiah mishvah azariah in the fire ve'aseh nes betochnes and I will make a miracle within a miracle which means it's no big trick or miracle to take out a fire with water However, to take out a fire with fire, with the angel that's in charge of fire, that already is a bigger miracle. So that would be the double miracle. So therefore, Gemara finishes and says, God told him, go down. At that point, Gabriel said, God's truth is eternal. Meaning, God kept his promise. Because although he did not allow him to save Abraham Abinu, however, God told him that you will save one day three of Abraham's descendants. And that did come true. Who said this pasuk referring to the truth of God that it is eternal? Dagim Shebayam, the actual fish of the sea. Now, when we know the fish don't talk, it means the angels that are in charge of the fish. Now, when were these fish praising God? The Amaravuna, Yisrael Shabbatuador, Mikatane Amanayu. The Jewish people when they came out of Egypt, they were a generation that had little faith. The Jewish people rebelled against God at Yamsuf. The Jewish people rebelled against God and said, When they entered Yamsuf, the Jewish people just to review how they entered, they entered on one side and they went through a semicircle and came out the other side. So they said, just like we came out the other side, so to the Egyptians are going to come out from the other side as well. And therefore, the Jewish people were concerned that the Egyptians are also uh, going to take the same route and they're going to uh, emerge. So God told the angel that's in charge of the sea, spit the dead Egyptians out to dry land in order to show the Jewish people that indeed the Egyptians were dead. So the angel said in front of God, Does a master, uh, does a... <coughs> Master who gives his servant a gift, then subsequently take it away from him, which means these Egyptians were a gift to the fish, because they were considered fish food now. The fish would enjoy eating them. And now all of a sudden God is taking away the gift that he gave the fish. God says, one day I'll pay you back one and a half times. means the fish will get their share at a later time. One and a half times. Is there a servant that has the audacity to demand payment from his master? Which means, the angel said, how can I ask payment? 
I mean, you're promising me, but how could I? I could never uh, hold you to it. God said, let the river or the brook called Nahal Kishon, he will be the guarantor. Immediately, the sea, Yamsuf, spit out the dead Egyptians to the dry land. And the Jewish people saw the dead Egyptians. The Jews actually saw the Egyptians dead on the seashores. Now, let's go back to the story. <coughs> what does this mean that God will pay back the fish one and a half times their amount? The Ilu Bifaro Ketiv Shishmot Nechem Bahur. Paro had 600 chariots. The Ilu Bisisera. Later on in history, the times of Sisera, they waged the war against the Jewish people. It says, Tesha Meot Rechem Barzel. Sisera had 900 chariots. Oh, so that's one and a half times the chariots of Mislaim. Now, what happened to these chariots of Sisera? Ki ata Sisera, when Sisera came with his armies, ata alayu de frazela. So he came against the Jewish people with iron spears. So Borei Olam took the stars out of their orbits. God fought the battle. By taking the stars out of their orbits. Now what happened by taking these stars out? The stars started to descend upon the armies of Sisera. The iron spears became very hot. So the army wanted to cool themselves off and wash themselves, wash themselves in Nahal Kishon, in the brook of Kishon. So God told Nahal Kishon, Go pay a pledge that I made from the time already of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Miyad Gerafam Nachal Kishon Veshtichan Dayam. Nachal Kishon immediately swept them away and cast them into the sea. Shneemar Nachal Kishon Gerafam Nachal Kedumim. It says that the Kishon brook swept them away. Nachal Kedumim. Nachal Kedumim literally means the ancient brook. My Nahal Kidumim, what does it mean Nahal Kidumim? Nahal Shanahasa Arev Mikedem. Kishon is the brook that became the guarantor of the uh, debt to the fish Mikedem from previous times. So they called Nahal Kishon Nahal Kidumim. At that moment when the fish were paid back exactly like Borei Olam said one and a half times, because now they were able to eat the 900 um, chariots and soldiers of the Armies of Sisera, which is one and a half times the 600 of They opened up and said, The truth of Hashem is eternal. What does it mean in the Pasuk when it says, Which literally means, transforms the foundations of the house. Which means, if there's a house that is akara, that is barren, God brings children into that house. But he gives it to Rasha and says like this, The Zekenim, or the important people of Israel, said in front of Olam, Your children have made me like a weasel. That dwells in the foundations of the house. They have made me, they have transformed me, like the weasels that dwell in the foundations of the house. Which means they're referring to over here that uh, the Jewish people uh, were on a degraded status. At Ashrabah, because of the sins of uh, of Yisrael said, What does it mean when it says I love when Hashem hears my voice The Jewish people said What am I beloved before you When you listen to the voice of my supplications What means when the Jewish people pray to God Which means Even though I am poor 
He saved me. I'm not going to say that the Jewish people said in front of Borei Olam, the Bonosh Olam, even though I'm poor when it comes to mitzvot, I am yours. I'm your chosen nation. And still, it is befitting to you to save me. Even though I'm poor in mitzvot, I'm still, it is still befitting for you to save me. Comes the Gemara continues, Amar of Kahana, Keshachana Rabbi Yishmai Rabbi Yosef, when Rabbi Yishmai the son of Rabbi Yosef got sick, Shalak lo Rabbi, so Rabbi sent him a message. Emo lanu shnaim ushlosha devarim sheamat alanu meshub abicha. Tell us two or three things uh, that you heard in your father's name. <coughs> now we find these Gemariot. Um, Throughout Shaz, when Rabbi Ishmael got sick, Rabbi Ishmael Rabbi Yosef, and Rabbi sends to him a message in order to get some of the teachings of his father, Rabbi Yosef. And the Rajbam says it's possible that Rabbi Ishmael got sick several times, or it could be that he got sick one time, it's just that the Talmud sprinkles uh, this episode uh, throughout Shas with different uh, Hidushim that were said. Comes the Gibran says, Shalak lo, so Rabbi Ishmael sends back, Kach Amar Abba. This is what my father said. My dikhtiv, what does it say? What does it mean when it says in Halil? Halilu et Hashem kol goyim. That says, what? Well, let all the nations praise God. So yes, umot ha'olam, mayavitayu. Why should the nations praise God? Especially the Pasuk says, Ki gavar Because God is kind to B'nai Israel. So that's Israel's obligation. That's not the obligation of the Goyim. It's Haki Kamar. Hallelujah, Hashem kol Goyim. The nation should praise God. Agivurot b'niflaot da'avid bahadayu. That the, the wonder is these that God does for them. Now what is this referring to? So the um, Rashbam explains, For the miracles that are done in the world. The Hazina for the different miracles that they see take place in the world, the Guim have to praise God. So then the Rajbam says, and all the more so us, so the Pasuk is really making a kalbahom, and if the Goim should praise God for the miracles that they just witnessed, all the more so, all the more so we have to praise God, because God is good to us. Sheken we must praise God because His kindness has overwhelmed us. Meaning Hashem shows us kindness more than He shows the Goyim. The Chida explains this Pasuk that the Goyim have to praise God more than us because they know how much God loves us. Because they know how many times they try to kill us and they try to destroy us. And they know how many times God foils their plans. We might not even know how much Moriah Olam loves us. But the Goyim, uh, from all their times of trying to persecute us and they fail, so they should praise God. Because they know how kind God is to us. Comes the Gemara further. Again, we're going to get a, t- a teaching from Rabbi Yosef. Ve'od. Shalom Rabbi Yishmael Rabbi. Atida Misraim Shetavi Doron Mashiach. In the future when Mashiach comes, Egypt is going to send a gift. The country of Egypt is going to send a gift to the Mashiach. Kasavur Enu Mekabel Mehem. But he's going to think, maybe he shouldn't accept it. After all, uh, the Egyptians, they uh, held us in bondage in Mitzrayim for 210 years. God's going to tell Mashiach, accept it from them. Bottom line, they did give us a lodging place in Egypt. And therefore... Uh, at the time of the famine, the family of Yaakov Abinu went down. So we have a karatatov, you can accept the gift. Immediately the Pasuk is going to say, that says that what? Gifts will be brought from Egypt. As a result, the country of Kush is going to make a kavahomid. And they're going to say, If what? When the Egyptians who enslaved the Jewish people, and nevertheless, their gifts were accepted. I did not enslave the Jewish people. Or the more so, my gift will be accepted. So God tells uh, the Mashiach, Kabel accept 
a gift from Kush as well. Miyad Kush. Miyad, what does the Pasuk say? Kush Taritz Yadav Lenohim. It means Kush shall hasten its hand to God, which is referring to that he will give a gift to the Mashiach. So the Roman Empire is going to make a Kavahomen. The Egyptians and the Kushim, they're not the Jewish people's brothers. And still what? Their gift was accepted. We are their brothers. After all, Rome descends from Esav, and Esav is a brother of Yaakov. All the more so our gift should be accepted. God tells Gabriel, the angel, Go rebuke the beast of Kane. And the other pasuk says, Adat Abirim. What is he referring to? Geor Haya. Go rebuke the beast. And embrace the assembly of Israel. Which means, according to this interpretation, the word Kane in this pasuk, Ukne, when it says Geor Hayat Kane, Adat uh, Abidim, God is telling Gabriel, go acquire the, or embrace, let's say, Bnei Yisrael. However, rebuke the beast. Geor Hayat. Who's the beast? Esav, which is the Romans. Don't accept their gift. Tavar Ahir. Geor Hayat Kane Shedara Ben Akanim. Rebuke the beast that lives amongst the reeds. So here the word Kane refers to reeds. The Hazir, the pig, he lives in the forest and crawls in the fields. Meaning, Isav is compared to a Hazir, and therefore he refers to him as the one that lives in the what the Kanim the reeds. Rebuke the beast, meaning the Romans. Because all the deeds are written with one quill. In this derash, uh, the word Kane is referring to a quill, meaning they make Gezerot against us unanimously. Which means uh, whenever the Romans came against us for judgment, all their kings... Uh, unanimously write with the same anti-Semitic pen. And therefore it says, Hayat Kane, as if it's one quill, because they all write the same Gezerot against us. So there's three that I showed, either Kane means re, uh, to acquire, Kane Adat Abinim, acquire uh, the Jewish nation, that's what the Malach was being told, or Kane means the reeds, that's where the pig rests, that's uh, Rome, or the Kane is the reed, which is what we... Uh, what they write with, meaning their gezerot are written in the same uh, anti-Semitic uh, tone and in a unanimous fashion. That's the way the Hashbam says the third wide line. They all come with the same unanimous mouth to do bed for Israel. When the Jewish people come in front of them, they all. Uh, Make him guilty. That says that the Romans have one kane. Now, Adat, the Kemarag just makes it the Rashana on the rest of the Pasuk. Adat Abirim Amim. Which means it says, the calves of the nations of the world. What does this mean? The calves of the nations of the world. The Romans killed the important ones, that's the Jewish people, like calves that don't have owners. Again, Adat Abirim, the nation of Abirim, which is the Jewish people, like the um, calves of the nations, meaning like of calves of nations, meaning like ownerless uh, that have no owners, which means they had no mercy on us. Um, meaning the way Rashbam explains it, if you look at it, where he says, "Be'agle amim, agalim shel kol haolam, hefker sheena be'alim," as if it's owned to the whole world. When his own, there's no owners to us. When they treated us as an ownerless uh, egel, therefore they constantly 
slaughtered us and destroyed us. The pasuk ends mitrapes berasechasef, who opens his hands for bribes of money. Sheposhtin yad to kabel mamon. The Romans would always stretch out their hand to accept money bribes. Then but they still do not do the will of the owners, which means with all the bribes that we gave them, they still don't uh, enlist, they still do not have mercy on us. They accepted the bribes, but they don't come through. Pizar Amim Kerabot Yihpasun, which literally means God scatters the nations. Pizar Amim Kerabot Yihpasun, and those that He desires, He brings close. What caused the fact that the Jewish people be scattered throughout the world? Is the fact that the friendship or the closeness that the Jewish people desired to have with them, which is because the Jews desired to be friendly with the nations of the world, God punished them. And midah kenegi midah, you want to be close to the goyim, fine. You will be scattered through all the goyim, and now you will be close to them. So therefore the pasuk says, pizar amim. You know why God scattered the nation of Israel? Because keravot yapasun. Because they desired friendship. They desired kirba. So therefore God punished them and scattered them throughout the nations of the world. Baruch Amen v'amen.